Creativity is contagious. Pass it on in any way possible. Albert Einstein. Hi, creatives. So happy to have you tune into our second season of Bring Up Creativity. I'm your host, Daniela Bonche, a Toronto-based graphic designer and serial entrepreneur looking to spread awareness on pursuing your creative passions or endeavors, whether it be in business, a side hustle or hobby, you name it. Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Bring Up Creativity. I am joined here with the amazing and talented Joy. She is a coach for multi-passionates and host of the Multi-Passionate Mastery Podcast. She believes having many passions is a gift. It's not a burden and is on a mission to rewrite the narrative around choosing one thing, being the only path to success. Through her signature group coaching program, podcast, and content, Joy teaches creatives from all walks of life how to create clear priorities and bring their ideas to life on a completely stress-free timeline. Hello, Joy. How are you? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on. I am always felt like we kind of have to pick like one creative passion and like that's all you have to do in life and that defines your success. And I think that's what we're taught a lot in society as well. So maybe that's why that's a normalized thought, but I'm happy to kind of break that norm and talk about that with you here. Yes. I think that the days of needing to choose one thing in order to be successful are really falling far behind us. There's so many more options available to us now, and it's just that that old paradigm hasn't quite caught up. So there's some work that needs to be done so that we can kind of catch up. But if you just think about, you know, the advent of the internet and just everything that we have access to, this idea of having this really narrow focus and just having one thing that we want to do, it almost doesn't really align with the times that we're in. And yet there are so many spaces where that is still put on a pedestal as the way to be successful. Absolutely. And I feel like there was nobody better to talk to about this. And I feel like I can already tell you've got so much up your sleeve to chat about and talk about on this subject. And it's just something I've absolutely never even talked about before with anybody. So I'm really excited about this. And that brief little synopsis that you gave, it's just making me want to dive right into it. But before I do, I have to ask you, what's your go-to coffee or tea order to start things off? Whenever I go to a new coffee shop anywhere, I always get a dirty chai latte with oat milk. I actually like to see how different places make them. People approach chai in a lot of different ways. So some people have a really sweet vanilla chai. Some people have a spicier chai. So that's my go-to. You're going to laugh, but that's entirely what I'm drinking right now. Like no, it's, it's it an iced. No, I'm, I swear, <laughs> an iced chai tea latte. Like I'm, I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling coffee. I can't do a third one. So it's it's gonna yeah. be chai for me for this episode. And then you said that I absolutely yeah. love, um, yep. so hot and cold. Do you chai ever do latte. dirty chai with like a shot That's, of espresso? Yes, it, it's yeah. so good. I couldn't do it this because I already had two coffees, and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm really asking for heart palpitations. <laughs> uh, so I'm just like straight chai, but the dirty chai is way too good. Like it's so, so worth it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've had one, so I'll have to go get one soon. Your your little reminder for your caffeine mm-hmm. intake. <laughs> I want to go back in time a little bit. I really like starting off episodes this way. So I'm going to do the same thing with you. Tell us about how you came to discuss this subject with people and do what you do. How did you find yourself in this field? 
Mm-hmm. So in my 20s, I was doing what a lot of us do in our 20s, which is we start to say, okay, so what's it going to be? What's my life going to look like? What do I want to focus on? What's my thing? What's my thing? And as I started to sift through my options, I had a lot available to me. I sing and compose music, and I love that. It's a big passion of mine. I also love to write. I graduated from college with a degree in creative writing. I love to write poetry. I love to write short stories, and I love to write essays. I also really enjoy motivational speaking, helping people. So I had these different options available to me. And that's a short list, okay? I also wanted to be a buyer (laughs) because I love vintage and thrift shopping. I thought about fashion school, like all these options. And as I started to kind of put this pressure on myself to pick one, I realized that something felt really, really off. And if I was to say to myself, okay, I'm going to go all in on the music, I would really feel like I was leaving the part of myself who loved to help people and who wanted to do motivational speaking on the table. And it was like so painful for me. It wasn't just, okay, well, I need to figure it out and whatever. It was this like life gut-wrenching, life-altering choices. And it felt wrong that I had to choose just one. Mm -hmm. So I kind of stayed on that track for a while, feeling really upset at myself. Like, why can't I just commit to something? I'm so all over the place. I'm flaky. My family's not taking me seriously because every time I see them at a gathering, I'm doing something different. And it's so hard to feel like I'm being supported. And I kind of stayed on that spiral throughout my 20s. And then in my later 20s, there was a day where I woke up and I was just like, you know what? Choosing one thing is not working for me. So I'm going to choose myself. I love that. I'm going to choose myself and I'm going to see where that can go. I basically was like opposite day. Like (laughs) if choosing (laughs) one thing isn't working, what's the opposite? And so I started looking into like having multiple interests, having multiple things you want to do. And I came across, I think it maybe was a podcast interview um, where someone was introduced as a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And as soon as I heard the word multi-passionate, it was over. It was a wrap. I was like, oh, that's me. (laughs) There's a word for it. That's me. And it wasn't that I dedicated my life at that point to helping other multi-passionates and creating the systems and the structures that I have now to really support all my fellow multi-passionates out there. At first, it was very much a personal project. It was a personal development journey that I went on to figure out how can I embrace this part of myself well, what I landed on was starting a blog because I felt like, hey, you know, I can't choose one thing. I'm, I'm not doing that. I've chosen that I'm not going to do that, but I can choose one platform to funnel all of my interests through. And that gave me just enough focus along with creative freedom. Wow. So I started blogging and the rule that I gave myself was there's no rules. I can blog about any topic that I want. So if you go back into the archives of my blog, (laughs) you will find like literally plant care. One of the first blogs I wrote about was how to repurpose glass jars all around your house. I love that though. (laughs) And I was writing about like plant care, like pothos clippings and how to style your your pothos (laughs) plants. And then I would start to write articles about like why you should choose a theme for the year and not a New Year's resolution. And I was like, oh, I really like this type of stuff. I like giving advice. Then I wrote a blog post called it's time to start celebrating multi-passionates. And when I wrote that blog post, what I felt in my body 
as I was writing it, what I felt in my spirit, what I felt in my soul as I was writing it, it was so healing to say, like, I don't want to go to a party where everyone has the same occupation. I want to go to a party where there's poets who are also dancers, who are also architects, and we're all just dipping in this beautiful, like, punch bowl of amazing passions. And we all bring so much to the table and we're proud of that. That's the party that I want to go to. And I published that blog. And then I set forth to create that party, to start that party, to create that community, to start building that up. And what happened was that was very healing for me. So I began to really celebrate. I'm multi-passionate, be very public about it, you know, started creating my brand around that. But then that really wasn't enough. I felt great. You know, I felt amazing, empowered, confident. The world opened up to me. So then it became, okay, it's time to help other people get to this place. I don't want to be here alone either. And so that's when I started coaching and creating courses and doing everything that I do now was because I was like, okay, it's time to like get more people in the room because all multi-passionates deserve to feel confident to feel good about who they are and to feel like their talents are a gift, you know, and not a burden. So that's my journey. I all on accident. (laughs) It's on accident, Uh, but the best accident possible, like so much to appreciate right there, to be honest with you, Joy, like for you to be able to share like the ups and downs that came of landing where you are today and how we're just constantly on this journey of growth. And I want to also thank you for just being open about how it can be emotional to feel like you need to pick one niche and then you will find support amongst your peers, family, friends, and they'll look at you more seriously. As a creative myself, and I know a lot of creatives who felt that way. So for you to bring it to the table and open up a conversation about it is amazing because like I told you earlier, I actually haven't talked about that before with anybody really. And for you to say like, yeah, I do want to go to a party where I can meet other people who are passionate about multiple things. And we're not just all either, you know, in real estate or we're not either all like, you know, in architecture, we're not all in politics or something like that. Like we, we can all come from different backgrounds and appreciate that to get personal with you as well. I uh, never thought I would just pick graphic design because I run a graphic design studio full time and like that be it. That was emotional for me as well. I thought I was going to be singing for years of my life. I devoted like 10 to 12 years of professional singing, uh, going to competitions. Um, And that was so fulfilling for me. So for me in my early 20s to stop doing that and say, okay, I I guess I need to pursue something that's going to really make me a full-time income because I was told otherwise there would be, I'm not going to say I cried every day, but yeah, I would have days a couple of times throughout the year where I would go listen to my old competitions and get so emotional thinking, what the heck Mm -hmm. have I done? I, um, I've cut that off. I don't take lessons anymore. And I, and then I start to think, oh my goodness, how do I get to the level of technique from where I was vocally to, to today when it's been years when I haven't done that. So yeah, like you said, it is emotional when you I'm so happy to hear that you embrace the fact that you're a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And I love that word. And I never came across that podcast episode that you did. So hearing that word is like, wow, that's actually amazing. Like we all kind of should be multi-passionate in our own ways. So yeah, it, it can be emotional when you feel like you need to choose one. And that's what you've been told from a very young age. So you nix all of your previous loves that you thought wouldn't make you any money and you do it occasionally for fun, but it's, you didn't think you could make any income from it. So you stop it. 
that is devastating in itself. And I think that's maybe why I have so much like excitement towards this episode. So uh, for you to bring yeah. up your whole story is like magical yet like sad. And then like you go through different waves of emotions when I like when I was listening to you speak. I guess that's why you're such a great motivational speaker. But I thought, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, like so many waves, but you landed at where you are today helping other people. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what this episode's about. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, you know, what we're talking about and kind of bonding over right now, this painful experience of feeling like you need to choose one thing and then all the other parts of yourself get tucked under the bed in a box and put away or they're put on the back burner, but really the stove is completely off, right? Yeah. That feeling, that kind of like gut-wrenching, aching feeling of there has to be something else because this can't, this ain't it. That is one of the qualities that, that identifies someone as a multi-passionate. So it's not just someone who has a lot of interest. There are plenty of people who have a lot of interest. There are plenty of people who are naturally gifted at many things. There are plenty of people who are fast learners. But not everyone has this intense desire to figure out a way to share it all. Yeah. That is the differentiator. And I think it's important, you know, as we open up this conversation to kind of just put that out in the forefront so that everyone listening can just go ahead and identify if you're multi-passionate, if you have been feeling this feeling of like, wow, I felt that too. It wasn't just let me pick a major or let me figure out what I want to do. It was like this painful feeling of having to choose one part of myself over the other. You may very well be a multi-passionate person and there is another way. There are other ways available to you. So I just want to say that as well. You know, that's kind of how you know you're multi-passionate when it is a little bit of a more painful experience. It's unfortunate that that's kind of one of the places that I connect with multi-passionists across every industry that I've ever met, but it is. It's a common thread and it's something that we can relate to one another with. And I'm glad that you're identifying that almost characteristic or that that moment that we could feel when selecting something that we want to pursue full time. I wish so much that I knew about this when I was trying to figure myself out. But at the same time, with me being in this conversation and then listeners tuning in that feel like they've chosen one, but still to this day feel like they want to revert. And they, they say, I, I can't just be you know, an artist, I, cause I love doing other things as well that I do believe could make me income. And it's breaking my heart to have to just choose one side of me. Like you said, do you feel like there's any time in someone's life where they can just decide to pursue anything they love at the same time as the other elements that they've decided to pursue beforehand? So the way that I like to think of this is all of your passions, all of your talents and interests, they are actors in a play and you are the director of the production. And the grand production is your life, let's say. So when you go to a play, when you see a show, with the exception of like a one-person variety show, okay? I'm Mm going to take that off the table for this analogy. (laughs) But when you go and you watch a play, there is usually a leading star. Then there's a supporting cast. There's also a lot of people behind the scenes doing costume, doing lighting. Someone has to open and close the theater every day. There's a ticket booth, right? All of these elements work together to bring forward that production. That's how I like to think about all the different passions that you have. It's not that you're going to have every single actor on the stage all speaking at once and expect it to be a beautiful performance. What you're going to have to do is be the director. Who is center stage right now? When do they exit? 
then who gets to come and be center stage after that? Who's your supporting cast, right? So what I teach is a method called the priority mapping method, because here's what I learned from coaching and teaching and being so immersed in the multi-passionate community for years. It's not enough to just say, embrace it all, like embrace all your <laughs> talents and all your gifts. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing to be multi-passionate. That's not enough because then you are still leaving people feeling like, okay, cool. But now I have all these things that I'm pumped up about and I'm trying to do them all at the same time. And now I'm burnt out. Yeah. So prioritization, even though it might not sound like the sexiest topic, which is why I have to bring in all kinds of analogies and imagery to talk about it, <laughs> is a superpower for multi-passionates because it's not about choosing one thing, but it's about what can you start with now that will set forward in motion the things that are going to come after that. Oh. So this is why I teach a lot about prioritization and cultivating clarity and learning how to focus in a way that's going to serve you as a multi-passionate because without that in place, then it can feel really chaotic. So to answer your question, yes, there is. there are plenty of times in your life Mm-hmm. where you can bring forward more than one thing and really start to embody more than one of your gifts. Is it all going to happen at the same time where everything is front and center at once? Probably not, but you can start to integrate things over time. So for example, I also love to sing. One of my first loves, right? I sang before I could talk is what my parents tell me. I love so that. on my podcast, which is called Multi-Passionate Mastery, so it's all about being multi-passionate. And I have these episodes that I do in between every few episodes called interludes. And on those episodes, I sing a song and I'm like, we're taking a little musical break today. I'm going to share my passion for singing with you. And I sing an original song that I wrote. That's amazing. And I did that because it's my podcast. I'm multi-passionate and I want to right now. There will come a time in my life where I release an EP. I'm getting really close to like getting in the studio and just knocking it out. There will come that time. There was a season before where I was the lead singer in bands. I was performing all over LA. There was a time in my life where I did that and I loved it and I had so much fun. Right now I'm in a season of focus. That's what I like to call it, where I'm really focused on building up my coaching business. So for me, having those interludes on my podcast, that's a way to share my music. I also sing in a lot of reels (laughs) on Instagram, right? So it's a way for me to still share that part of myself. Yeah. It still allows people to see that that's a part of me, but it's not necessarily my main season of focus right now. It's a supporting cast member right now. That doesn't mean that there won't be another phase in my life where it becomes more front and center, but it's just not my main focus at this time. I can say that without that painful feeling. I can say that without feeling like I'm leaving it on the table because I know that I'm not, because I now have this long-term view of how everything can come together organically, but it took some time and it took me really practicing the methods that I now teach to get me to that place. I love how you put singing into your EPs. I think that's so unique and it just even allows you to stand out. And like you said, if you're not you know, pursuing that full force at the moment, um, you're still bringing it into your life somehow. And that analogy and just that visual of supporting cast members, are you off stage? Are you center stage? I absolutely love that because it allows you to embrace the fact that if you were to put everything all at once, it'd probably be very stressful. So to think that in order to be multi-passionate that you need to do everything all at once 
is a myth Mm -hmm. and you don't need to do it. So I love the clarity that you can provide in that sense. And then at the same time, Joy, you just seem so confident in everything that you do. Obviously, I know sometimes we have good and bad days, (laughs) but like you, like you said, you teach methods to help multi-passionate entrepreneurs feel confident and, and feel that sense of clarity in pursuing things that they love. And it doesn't have to be just one thing. Hi, creatives. Have you been looking to curate the business of your dreams, but don't necessarily know where to start or don't have the time to develop new visuals or new automatic systems? We recently launched a design shop over on Danielle Labonte Designs to help you get back to what you like to do most. If you need administration designs for your client sign-on processes, there's editable designs for that. If you need editable templates for Instagram, there's designs for that as well. We want to exclusively offer you 10% off all products in our new online shop scroll down to the link in our shop below in our show notes, along with your discount code to apply at checkout. Curate the business you've been imagining. Would you say it's through the prioritization that does that create confidence or are there multiple things that create that confidence when pursuing multiple creative fields? So I think there are multiple things that lead to really having this creative confidence. The first is having clarity about who you are as a person. So in my case, yes, that clarity came from me saying, I'm multi-passionate and I'm not, I'm no longer going to question that. That is what it is. So let's figure out how we're going to work with that because I'm no longer willing to waver on that fact. I am multi-passionate and I'm going to find a way to create a lifestyle that honors that, right? So that, if you think about it, sure, like that sounds very confident, but what that is, is that's clarity, That's me making a choice about who I am and how I'm choosing to present myself in the world. And that point of clarity then informs a lot of the other decisions that come after that, right? Yeah. So the first part of the priority mapping method is actually cultivating clarity. That's step one. And there are so many ways that you can do this. One of my favorite tools for really having clarity about who you are is human design. I have a human design practitioner who comes in in my program and teaches my clients how to read their chart, how to learn their design and everything like that, because it's such a powerful point of personal clarity. So when I talk about clarity, it's not, oh yeah, well, what do you want to do to be successful, right? Because even that, we don't know. Are we measuring our idea of success against other people, against society, against our family, right? But when you learn something like your human design, You're learning about who you are, how you operate in the world, and how your energy operates. So we use human design and then a few other modalities as well to really root into that clarity. So I would say that's number one. And there are so many ways for everyone listening. Maybe you're not into human design or you're not into astrology. Do you like to journal? You know, could you start to write your thoughts down and just kind of get curious about who you are? If you're not someone who likes to journal, can you go on a walk? where you just are alone with your thoughts? Can you spend a little bit of time alone? Or if you're a person who needs to talk things out, can you set up a coffee date with a friend where you get to just talk things out with them and really allow them to be a sounding board for you? So think about what can create clarity for you and then allow that to be your very first priority. The second thing for cultivating creative confidence is, yes, having clear priorities does help with that because here's the thing. Let's say you choose something to focus your attention on, right? Let's say, for example, let's use podcasting, right? Since you have a podcast, we have a podcast. So let's say someone's like, okay, I'm going to launch a podcast. I'm going to focus on this. 
for the next three months, that's going to be my focus. I'm going to launch a podcast. Now, you've chosen that as a priority, right? But if you don't have a process for really, really making that commitment more than once, letting it be repeatable, maybe getting support with that, like having someone coach you, you know, if you, you know, because what happens is sometimes we choose that point of focus, but then we start second guessing ourselves. Now that can create a lot of lack of confidence. Oh, I'm starting a podcast. What if this isn't the right thing? What if no one listens? What if, you know, should I be focusing on my writing? Should I be focusing on my music right now? Right. When we start second guessing ourselves, all the all those other ideas that we haven't dug into as deeply start to look real, real good because they're less charged. We're like, oh, I'll just go do this instead then. And then we don't gain any momentum because we're not following through with anything. And that is what creates good a huge point. lack of confidence for multi-passionists. It's not following through in like kind of what happens is a lot of multi-passionists that I meet who are early in their journey they have all this evidence against themselves. Well, I haven't been able to stick with anything. Well, I can't figure out what to focus on or I try to figure something out to focus on, but then I get distracted. So they're they're building all this evidence, a case against themselves of why being multi-passionate is bad or hard or something that they need to like get over kind of thing. So what we want to do with the priority mapping method, with the methods that I teach is tell a new story. No, you can choose what to focus on. You just got to do it in a way that feels good and empowering for you using a method designed for a multi-passionate, right? Not a method designed for someone who's already pretty organized and (laughs) just kind of already only has a couple things on their plate anyway. No, something designed by a multi-passionate for multi-passionates. Now, when you start to apply that method, now you're choosing what you want to do, but you're not saying this is the only thing I'm ever going to do. You're saying this is going to come first. It's going to lead the way for this, this, and this. I'm going to learn these skills during this process. I'm going to be able to apply them to the next thing that I do and the next thing that I do. I'm going to get coached when I need it. I have a community supporting me. Such a different experience. And then you start to build a new case for yourself of, oh my goodness, I did it. I launched the podcast. I said I was going to do it. I followed through. I did it. And now I'm ready to start to integrate more of my passions either into this platform or into the next project. And so that's how you develop confidence is trying again differently. When we try again and we keep running into the same roadblocks mm-hmm. and we keep building this case against ourselves that we just can't do it, that we can't follow through on things, that we're flaky, we're all over the place. Maybe our family's right. We just need to focus, right? All those stories. That's going to create a huge lack of confidence. But when you try again in a different way and you prove to yourself you can, in fact, prioritize because you have clarity first, you're choosing your priorities after that, and you're having you're going to stay focused in a way that works for you. You're going to get help along the way if that's what you need. You know, maybe find a community of fellow multi-passionates who are in the trenches with you. You're trying it in a different way. You build a different case. You have different proof. That's what creates confidence is getting out there, trying again differently and seeing that, yes, it can work. And that's how you build that confidence. So many great steps to achieving it that do feel completely achievable, though. Sometimes I think a lot of people feel like there's going to be so many steps and so many things they need to do maybe to pursue all of these things at once. I actually, while you were talking to me, I, I a lot of people started coming to my mind that are like friends, family members, any anybody. And it just made me realize how beneficial 
your services are as, as a coach and even just what you stand for and what you speak on and what you bring to the table because it, it allows outsiders to even who are listening to this conversation and don't even know if they want to consider themselves multi-passionate, which is fine as well, to mm-hmm. know what to say to people who are, how to support them, the like proper questions to ask them. And I like how you brought up finding a community or knowing that there might be a season of mentorship or coaching needed in order to uh, help you create some logical steps and allow you to feel more focused and feel more clear on how you're going to achieve your goal step by step versus throwing it in all at once. And just the way that you're describing multi-passionates, like for people that I know that are still on their journey, uh, specifically to trying to find the appropriate thing to start on first and then maybe leading into the next shortly after that season's done. Mm-hmm. Just the, the amount of people I started thinking about Joy that could benefit from this conversation is incredible. And they have never even thought of thinking of, uh, how to, maybe I'll create a step-by-step guide, like you said, or maybe I should talk to somebody that's mastered this before me yeah. who can help me along the way. So what you do is so beneficial for people looking to learn more about this subject. And then that's why I wanted to mention it also helps other people on the outside to support them and not feel like, like they might look at them what in the process of learning them about themselves as wishy-washy because they can't just pick one thing and then they say, oh, can you just pick one? Uh, they're just in the process of learning about themselves and what they want to prioritize first. So That's your, right. your steps exactly. are so clear and so concise and so well laid out. I can't wait to share this episode with people because genuinely yes. it can help so many other people. When it comes to creating that focus, Joy, mm-hmm. are there things that you recommend doing even just outside of what you're trying to do business-wise or or career-wise? Like, are there other things that we can do to help us focus or feel more creative? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a lot of what I talk about, I think automatically because we're in kind of an online business space, it gets applied to business. But I have clients who have really found that this work, this learning how to cultivate clarity, prioritize and focus in a way that's designed for a multi-passionate it spills over into every area of their lives. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's not just about business. This is also about your personal life, right? Do you really need to declutter your house while you are trying to, you know, build your dream home office? What should come first? You know, like there are so many, it can be applied to so many different areas. So when it comes to focus, I have a framework for that too. If you haven't noticed, I'm a very structured person and I love frameworks. I love that. processes. (laughs) Um, It's just how my brain works. So I have a process for focusing that I would love to give to your listeners today. What this does is it really breaks down focus because I think the issue with focus is that we think of it as this kind of overarching thing that's never questioned. It's like either I can or I can't or I have it or I don't. And a lot of times we don't even really know what are we talking about when we say focus. We're talking about concentration, like sitting down and not, you know, breaking your attention and just focusing on the thing in front of you? Are you talking about being able to focus in on one project for an extended amount of time? What are we talking about here? So this method is called the three-part focus framework, and it, it does exactly what it sounds like. It breaks down focus into three different parts. So what you want to do is think about the outcome that you desire, and then you want to choose between these three different types of focus that we're going to go over right now. 
So the first type of focus is called intensive focus. Now, it's just a name. You can call it whatever you want. Pay attention more so to the quality of what type of focus this entails. Intensive focus is zoomed out, big picture focus. This is where you are really thinking about a big overview of everything that's happening in your world. So this might look like going out to a park or going to a beautiful library, a setting where you can really feel like you can think expansively. You're going to want to do this alone. Or if you do this with someone else, really with the mutual respect that it's not time to chat because it's really personal. So really, I like to think of this as almost like going to a conference of one. You're going to a conference with yourself. So get Mm, everything to be comfortable for a few hours. Get a notebook, get your favorite stickers, your pens, Get your, you know, your playlist going, get some snacks, get some water, like get everything that you need as if you were taking yourself to a conference. Now, when you're in this intensive focus time, this is your time to say, okay, what's on my plate right now? What are my priorities that I have set? And also, what are the commitments that I have made? And you're going to look at that. Do they overlap? Are they talking to each other? Are they in a symbiotic relationship? Or have you committed to things that have nothing to do with your priorities? Interesting. Are all of your commitments other people's priorities, for example, right? Which can happen really easily. Yeah. So you're looking at this and then this gives you the chance to have a very honest conversation with yourself. Again, no one's watching. You're by yourself. It's you and you. How do I feel about all this? Do I want to continue doing everything that's on this list right now? Where is my energetic bandwidth at? Am I feeling supported right now? How is this feeling? Sometimes it might feel great. Other times you might realize there's a few conversations that you need to have to see if you can move some things around and get some things off your plate, right? So that's one function of intensive focus. The other function is to think about your why. Why are you doing all of this? Yes. Why, right? So for some of us who are very visual, this might look like adding to our vision board or sitting in front of our vision board and looking at that and really meditating on the bigger picture, why we're doing all this. For other people who are not as specific, it might be just closing your eyes and feeling into the essence of this ideal life that you're working toward, your bigger mission, your why. But you want to find a way to root back into that and connect back to that. Now, you're listening to what I'm saying, there are no actual tasks to be completed. There is nothing that we are checking off of a to-do list when we are inside of an intensive focus session. The goal is clarity. You know why you're doing what you're doing and you have clarity about your priorities as well as your commitments. You're making sure that they're in alignment. That is a type of focus and arguably the most important type of focus for a multi-passionate person because it's so rare that we give ourselves that time. Why? Multi-passionates are so busy trying to figure out how to keep up with the specialist, how to make sure that you know we don't look all over the place, that we yes. don't slow down and say, hang on, am I even happy doing what I'm doing? Would I like to remove some things from my plate? Would this work better if I pushed it to next month or the month after that? Is there someone who can help me with this? right? So intensive focus, that's the first type of focus in the three-part focus framework. And I do it once a week, right? So you can figure out how this works for you. Some people might want to do 
a couple, an hour every morning of that kind of focus. Some people might only need to do that once a month. You do what works for you. The second type of focus is active focus, and I don't have to talk about it for as long because active focus is what we all know. Getting shit done, like checking <laughs> off your to-do list, crushing your task. But here's the thing about active focus. It comes after intensive focus. You need to have clarity first. After you have that clarity, your active focus session is going to be so amazing because you're going to know exactly what you're working on and why, and you're going to feel good about it. So that's the second type of focus is moving the needle, getting that momentum, like actually getting things done. The third type of focus is passive focus, which basically just means don't forget that taking breaks from that active focus mode is another form of focus. It's preventative. It's personal care. It's making sure that you're not going to burn out. Important. So passive focus is listening to a podcast, right? About a subject that you like that's still relevant to you, but you're passively absorbing it. You're not actively focusing on it, watching a webinar or, or just taking a nap, whatever works for you. Now, the beautiful thing about this framework is you do you, right? Whatever works for you. Maybe you want to have, I do active focus on Tuesdays. I try to like front load most of my task on Tuesdays. Then I know whatever I didn't get done on Tuesday, I have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to get the rest done. I do intensive focus on Monday. Passive focus is interweaved for me all throughout the day to make sure that I'm giving myself breaks. And I want to be clear, it's not I'm working and working and working and then exhausted, so I have to take a break. I have breaks literally on my calendar. Okay, I'm going to take a break and go for a walk. I'm going to take a break through this. So that's how I do it. But the beautiful thing about this framework is you can mix and match in whatever way works for you. Wow. This for a multi-passionate person is way more helpful than someone saying, just time block and focus. <laughs> or like, you should just be able to focus, you know? Yeah. So this is what I mean about the difference between kind of listening to, you know, to high management gurus or productivity gurus and listening to someone who's multi-passionate, these methods that I'm teaching, this is how I got my shit together. And it worked for me. And so I thought, okay, like, let's go, let's go out there in the world and see if this can work for someone else. Turns out it works for more than just me. So this is the difference between approaching topics like prioritization and focus from someone who isn't multi-passionate and no shade. Not everyone is. But the people who aren't just don't get it. So this is the kind of, you know, and I know you're saying there's so many people you're thinking of who would never even think of this, but that's because this is new, right? This is new. Not a lot of people are talking about this. So it's great that we're having this conversation today. And I do have resources for everything that I mentioned. I have a free, a free video training that we'll definitely link to for anyone who wants to dive deeper. But I hope that this is enough to really get someone started. Truthfully, I think this is such a thoughtful and just educational episode and almost like meditative. Like, to be honest with you, like just speaking to you feels inspiring. It feels motivating. And then on top of it, like I said before, the way you speak and articulate the steps feels achievable. And knowing that you can work on 
how to focus and then also those methods that you provided uh, when trying to block out and figure out the steps that you want to take while being multi-passionate. Like everything just feels so organized. And like you said, you're a structured person. I love structure and I don't <laughs> care to say it. So getting these steps in an episode is so beneficial. But the last thing I want to ask you before I thank you for absolutely everything that you've brought to this episode and been able to discuss with me and answer my probably very general questions because I know you can get very a lot more specific than what we've even covered today is are there any upcoming projects the listeners should look out for and where can they find it online but I just want to mention to everybody right now that whatever joy brings up will be below in the show notes yes okay so we have a few different things so more time sensitive for anyone who's listening to this episode in real time before August 15th, I'm teaching a live three-day workshop called The Essentials. What this is, is the essential learnings that you will need to truly embrace your talents as a gift, not a burden. Now, this includes cultivating creative confidence, so a little bit of what we talked about today, Blending your passions, which we also talked about. That's day two. And then day three is using storytelling as your through line so that you don't keep having this fear that you're going to confuse everyone when you do bring more than one of your passions to the table. Those are the essentials. If you can get those three things down, you are going to feel so good and so empowered about who you are as a multi-passionate, and you're going to be able to start showing up and sharing more of who you are. So if you're interested in learning about that, come to the Essentials Workshop. Um, It's a live three-day workshop. There will also be replays available for purchase if you're listening to this after August 15th of 2022. So we'll link to that in the show notes. And then that's a paid workshop. So full disclosure, that's if you're ready to invest and come and be live in the room with me. As far as free resources, I also have a lot available for you. Check out the Multi-Passionate Mastery Podcast. Conversations like this happen every single week on that podcast. And you know, I kind of throw random things in there, like my interlude episodes and bite-sized episodes. So it's really fun. And then I also have a free training, a free video training called How to Create Clear Priorities so that you can bring your ideas to life on a completely stress-free timeline. That's going to introduce you more in depth to the priority mapping method. And if you are ready to hire a multi-passionate coach and be inside of a more long-term container and also step into a community of multi-passionates who are doing this work. I do have a coaching program called Prioritize and Thrive that is always enrolling because it is enrolling year-round. So if you're ready to take that step, we'll link to that as well. And I'm on Instagram, of course, and my handle is multi-passionatejoy and joy is spelled with an I. Thank you so, so much. You truly offer so much. What you do is amazing. And I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you so that not only I can perhaps support myself a little bit better and but support the people that I was thinking about during this episode. And that's to all of my listeners as well. I want to thank, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. This truly was a great episode to record with you. Yay, I'm so glad. And I hope that someone feels seen and supported today. If you're multi-passionate, just know that you're not alone and there are resources specifically for you and that you got this. You totally got this. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. We're always brewing up something new for all of you to tune into and love hearing from you. Our team over here on Brewing Up Creativity would love it if you joined our community in any capacity. 
whether it be checking us out on Instagram at Bring Out Creativity or leaving a review to help us better serve you as listeners. If you're looking to join or sponsor an episode, reach out to us through email, which is linked in our episode's show notes below. Thanks, creatives.